0: It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Keever of the Beyond Women's Conference.
1: Hi, this is Laura Perino. I'm sure, like me, you've experienced some times of shaking in your life, and perhaps to an even greater extent these days as so many things around us seem so uncertain. My new book, Unshakable God, His Character in Our Chaos, shares my personal story and a Bible study on the book of Joshua, showing how we can stand unshaken in these times if we hold on to the hand of our unshakable God. You can find Unshakable God on Amazon in print or Kindle format. For more information, email me at laura at Ministries.com. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno. Today, I am with Debbie Kiever, and we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Missy Elliott. Missy is a dear friend of both Deb and myself. She is a parent of four amazing children. She is a leader in the church, uh, got a, a heart for prayer, a heart for youth. Um, she is a mentor to so many people uh, around her in all different ages and stages and relationships. Um, I'm just so grateful that you're with us today, Missy. Today is a day when we are really focusing on parenting, and we've talked about other relationships. We started out this series by talking about the fact that all of our relationships have to go back and be grounded in that vertical relationship that we have with the Lord. I think today, regardless of where we stand, if we're a parent raising young kids, if our kids are grown, if we're an aunt or an uncle, or anybody who has a voice um, or impact into any child that is being raised at this moment. This is a word for us today. So I am so excited about what God is going to speak today as we really look into his word for some very uh, helpful, practical application in parenting. And Missy, you have
0: coined this podcast with his, a fantastic title, Parenting for Such a Time as This, Assigned Watchman." I mean, that it should be a little foreshadowing there of who we're gonna look at. Uh, when we look in the word today. But Missy, I have to ask you a question. What brought you to the place to for this teaching to become such a critical part of your life?
2: Well, um, even before I answer Deb, I just want to thank you and Laura for this um, opportunity to be with you guys. I uh, love you both. And it's just always um, such a blessing to be with you, but especially be talking about the word of God with you. So um, to answer your question, as a mom of three teens and a preteen, um, when it comes to parenting and talking to so many other moms and dads and things, uh, no matter what age our kids are, I feel like so much of our parenting is focused on behavior modification. Um, whether it's you know telling our kids don't do this, don't do that, you know don't say this, be nice here, you know if, if it's just to maintain peace and quiet in our house or Maybe it's, you know, we're partly out of exhaustion. We don't want to have to push in any further than just telling them what to do or not to do. Maybe it's partly out of fear. We're trying to modify their behaviors, uh, fear that we aren't raising the perfect kids, kids that are going to fit in with this world, but also stand out from the world as Christians. Um, Our job as parents often just seems like it's endless. It's overwhelming. And, you know, thinking about that through all these years, I always really wanted to be a mom God put it on my heart when I was a little girl and I played with my baby dolls all the time and you know um, I studied you know about parenting and developmental psychology and all these things and so you know praise God I have the opportunity to be a mom to these four great kids but um, just realizing you know so many times we focus on endless symptoms instead of the heart of the matter and um, really for me what is the heart of the matter when it comes to parenting it's just that it's a matter of the heart and it it really begins with my own heart as a parent
1: you know that is so true missy and even to hear you say it all comes back to a matter of the heart uh so often like you were saying with behavior modification or situations in our homes uh we tend to look elsewhere to have situations resolved you know to have chaos calmed we look elsewhere and yet the truth is it really does come back to our hearts and the hearts that we are desiring to see grow in the hearts of our kids. So tell us more about what you mean by that. What, what do you mean by the fact that parenting is really a matter of the heart?
2: Well, again, it's sort of the order of whose heart, you know, we're focusing on, I think as Christian parents we need to remember the order of our titles. We're first, first called to be Jesus following believers who, um, put him first in our hearts and his kingdom first and then put him first in our marriages and put him first in our parenting. And as we do that, we align ourselves with the heart of the father and we start to get more clarity on what our purpose is as, as parents, and then also um, clarity on what their purpose is as his children as well. And with our purpose as parents, we're realizing that our assignment is to stand watch against the tactics you know, that the enemy is constantly trying to throw against us and our family.
0: There is such a powerful scripture that you gave us to take a look at today. Psalm 127, I'll read three to five. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring of reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court and to look at your kids as a heritage, to look at them as a reward. You, you were, you were a good girl. Here you go. You can have some children to <laughs> read. And you're like, sometimes some of those days you're like, this is such a challenging thing to look mm-hmm. at your kid and go a gift, a reward. Mm-hmm. He calls them an arrow. You know, he gives us this, an arrow for our quiver An arrow is meant to be shot at a target. And so as a parent that, responsibility to hold the quiver and direct that arrow in the direction of that child's destiny. We have got to be partnering with God to be able to do that because we don't know um, how that arrow is going to fly. We don't, that God is forming that arrow. We need to work in that process of forming the arrow and what's the target. It's not our target for them. It's what is God's target for them, but it is a two man show. It is not just the parent, you know, being responsible completely for that child. We have got to link arms partner with God in order for this to mission to be accomplished.
2: Yeah, it, it is so true. And it's exciting, right? When you start thinking of your kids as rewards and heritage and arrows, it's it's exciting. Yeah. And, but it can also leave you in a state where you are completely in need of God to help you to do that. Um, and it's so important too to recognize that your kid's purpose is not, just when they leave your house someday and they're older you know their purpose on this earth starts today they have godly kingdom focused purpose to be fulfilling today and so no matter what age your kids are you know the enemy wants to put in their heads that they don't have any purpose and what are they here on earth for and all these things and our job as parents is to really keep watch over what the enemy is constantly trying to attack them with and speak over them. We need to combat them with the truth that has the victory. Um, Every day we need to be reminding our kids that, you know, they are loved by their father, God, not because of anything they've done, but because of what his son has done, you know, and that their identity is grounded in him and him alone. Um, You know, I, I do a lot of driving kids to different things and soccer is a big one. And so, you know, every time I try before the kids get a car, I always pray for them. And I always try to remind them, you know, before they get out of my car, I remind them, remember who's you are. And remember, you're going out there. This is your purpose right now to go play soccer, to do your best, to be a good listener, all these things. But your ultimate purpose is to shine God's love through you. Let his love come out from you and your coaches on the other players. That's your purpose right now, right? It's not To be this great soccer player necessarily that's part of what god's going to use but if we can remind them that their identity is grounded in him then once they change the things they're doing in their life then they're still going to find purpose you know in what in what they're doing
1: amen amen that is good stuff so i love the title that you uh gave us for today's episode and when we think about a gateman or a gatekeeper or a watchman in the word, you know, our, our minds and our hearts, and I know you're going to the word, uh, the book of Esther today. And so we look at Mordecai and his relationship with Esther and, and Mordecai was uh, an adoptive father to Esther. And really so much about the way that Mordecai poured into Esther for her to accomplish her purpose every day, like you just said, really um, can speak to us today.
2: Yeah. you know. I know we all just love the word. And so it's so exciting when we can read the Old Testament, the New Testament, and it it all applies to us today. And this was just one of those stories, you know, as I was reading it, um, God just really highlighted Mordecai. You know, Esther normally gets the spotlight, but Mordecai, in this case for me as a parent, just, you know, God used him and his role in Esther's life so clearly to speak that he was a gatekeeper. So he was a watchman. So he he lived at the gates in Persia, which Mordecai was a Jew living in this foreign land in the citadel of Susa. Um, I think as Christians, we often feel like we're living in a foreign land, right? Um, here on this earth, raising aliens, right? And that are different, but trying yes. to, you know, win people over for the Lord, you know? And so that was Mordecai raising his, his cousin, Esther from the time she was a little, little girl, she was orphaned and he adopted her and he raised her as his own. And what we know is he raised her as a Jew in this foreign land. So again, just kind of let that sink in as Christians were raising them in this foreign land. So, you know, it was a time though, where King Xerxes was on the throne and he throws this big party, he gets real drunk, eventually ends up um, dismissing his wife for not coming when he told her to come, you know, it's kind of a a uh, soap opera from back then but it's you know similar to today things happen and so anyway he gets lonely he looks for a new queen and he goes out and he sadly kidnaps and takes all these young girls from the area that could possibly be queen and Esther Mordecai's Esther is one of them right and so um Esther now is thrown into this culture that is pushing her to be something and someone she was not preparing to be. So it's a very premature sort of uh, grooming process where she's thrown into a, a world of beauty treatments that is just full of comparison to win the king's eye. I think
0: of our ages and what life was like uh, for us when we were teenagers. Well, I guess, Missy, you're, you're younger. So Laura and I, <laughs> what it was like for us, the culture, I don't feel like grabbed us as strong until yeah. high school. Mm -hmm. and into college but i look at what elementary kids are Mm -hmm. experiencing and how the culture is is attacking even that young young age let alone middle school and high school it's just it's happening earlier ripping uh ripping our children away from us i feel like it's prematurely you know i'd be it's it's a whole different parenting game today than when we were raising our kids and definitely when we when we were children so i'm going to ask you a question you're in the midst of this. Is there ever a time, Missy, that you feel powerless?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly why God drew me to this um, passage, you know, about Mordecai, because you do, you feel as a parent that you are just being inundated with pressure as a parent. You know, you think you go through peer pressure as a kid, but there's a lot of peer pressure as a parent, you know, to let your kids do certain things and be exposed to certain things before you really are comfortable doing it, you know? And so um, the cool thing that I picked up from Mordecai was he did not view himself as a powerless parent, even in the midst of what was happening. You know, he just had his daughter, Esther, stripped away, brought into this this palace, you know, this whole new culture, very different from how he was raising her, yet She remained his responsibility. And that's where it the light bulb went off for me. That you know, our kids are going to get older. They're going to go and, and explore and do different things, but we remain powerful. We are empowered by by Christ. And so what Mordecai did to maintain his power, and again, power is different from control, right? He was remaining remaining in her life with a spiritual power. And that's sort of where we have to go. And what Mordecai did in chapter two, it says that every day he walked the gate to keep an eye on Esther and her heart. Every day he walked that gate. Um, Mordecai, he remained a watchman at the gate where Esther lived, right? In that palace. And guess what? Esther was okay to it. I think, I think so many times as parents, again, talking about the pressure we feel, sometimes it's coming from our own kids, right? Wanting to be normal, quote, normal, typical teenagers, um, you know, kids who are embarrassed to be around their parents or, um, and sometimes, you know, we feel the pressure of, we're afraid to tell our kids the truth. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to monitor as they're getting older, what's coming in their eyes and their ears and, you know, we fear losing them by, by pushing them with too many roles. And we also feel fear losing them by not speaking the truth. We kind mm. of have this, we're in this quandary where, you know, what is our job that, you know, it's so amazing that we see in the Bible, a parent's job never changes, mm. right? It, it, it cha- I'm sorry, it changes just as an end. It looks mm. different. It, um it's one of those kind of evolving positions that we hold in our kids' lives from the time they're little to when you know they're older. So I think one of the biggest questions we need to ask ourselves, are we modeling for our kids brave Christian behavior in the way we're parenting them? Or are we allowing them to pressure us and society to pressure us into adjusting um, our integrity? I think from Mordecai, what I learned was that he held the line. He walked that gate. He maintained his integrity. He knew that her heart was at stake. Esther's heart was at stake behind those gates. And he was not going to allow her to fall prey to what the enemy wanted. So we need to realize our kids are watching us, whether we realize it or not, um, whether they realize it or not. And are we gonna hold firm to focusing on their heart?
1: Wow, that is a a huge visual there for me i love to visualize or picture what it looked like to as i read these stories in the word and you can almost picture mordecai walking that line in front of the gate every single day right and every time that esther saw him walking the line or was told that he was there she was reminded of her values she was reminded of the way he raised her she was reminded of who she was Mm -hmm. and it reminded her of who she belonged to, even though she was living in a foreign world. It's really such a powerful picture. Esther knew because he walked the line, right? Because he was walking at the gate. Esther always knew who she was. She mm-hmm. knew that she was an adopted child of the watchman. And that is such a huge picture for us say, Such a great truth for us to instill in our kids. Mordecai had raised her to be different. And mm-hmm. then he gave her the tools to live that being different regardless of where she was so I wonder how many times Mordecai walked by that gate even and Esther didn't see him mm. you know and oh well she didn't see me today no mm-hmm. Esther knew that that mm-hmm. Mordecai was walking the line for her soul and mm. I think that is just a, a great visual for us as parents like There are times when our kids, A, may not care that we're walking the line, you know, that we're at the gate. There are times when our kids may disregard it or tell us, please stop walking by the gate, you know, whatever it looks like. And yet uh, that picture of Mordecai walking by the gate, as as you share, is such a powerful picture to me and I'm sure to so many.
0: I know the season where uh, I don't think my children relish the fact that we walked by the gate, but their friends watch that that Mm -hmm. we watched, but we walked by the gate and a number of, a number of their friends over the years made comments about it. At least your parents care what you're doing, Mm
2: -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know? So
0: my own kids were, you know, not at the time, they weren't enjoying the fact that we were watching, but, but even their friends were watching and it makes a statement. It actually reminds you that you have value to somebody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. somebody is watching over you because the motive is that they care about you
2: yeah that is so powerful and it's so so great to hear from the perspective you know looking back to so so many of us who are looking forward to mm. to saying no hold that line it is worth it you know and esther esther remember she was physically separated prematurely from mordecai her caregiver but all of our kids at some point are going to be separated from us it's an it's inevitable they're not with us 24 7. And the seeds that we're planting in their heart is where we're where have faith. They're going to bear fruit. You know, she was put into this place of endless beauty treatment, self-focus, selfies, right? Perfect posts, fun moments. You're constantly having to share and like, and everybody has to see how many friends and friends or friends you have. You know, and it's, it's just like our kids, they're living in this world where they're kind of inundated with, um, comparisons and who am I supposed to be? So I guess the question is, what did Esther do in this overstimulating land where she's bombarded with pressures and who she's supposed to be? Um, And the answer is she remained virtuous. She obeyed the training that Mordecai gave her even after she was queen. Um, She still remembered Mordecai's instructions and she followed them that's what a
0: great principle of you plant the seeds in your kids and then your intercession for them continues to water it, water the seed. You may not see it grow right away, but they it's, it's in there, right? God will bless the seed that is planted, especially when it's his word, right? His promises that his word won't come back void. Proverbs Mm -hmm. 22, six says that if we train up our children in the way that they should go, Mm -hmm. That when they're older, they will not depart from those ways. I mean, Mordecai took so seriously his mm-hmm. role as the as the watchman, as the gatekeeper. And he realized that, like you said, she may be out of his sight, but his role is he's still in the midst of training her. So that's why he walked that line right at the gate every day, keeping an eye. How do we do that today? We have that opportunity, right, to still hold the line, it seems like our line now is virtual. It's in the digital Mm -hmm. world. And so it is okay for the children that are in your house that you can be checking in on their social media, you know, and holding the line of what input is going into their world. It's okay
2: to do that. That's right. I think, you know, and it, praise God, we have the Holy Spirit to to give us insight too and to help us peripherally monitor and um, to be diligent watchmen over these gifts, these rewards, this heritage, these arrows, you know, that God gave us in, in our children. It's our duty. It's our purpose and our assignment. Um, you know, I remember growing up, my dad, uh, he, he, he wasn't a big talker. So, you know, he wasn't the big disciplinarian in our house or anything, but there were certain things that, Generationally, he was trying to reverse. And one of them was um, siblings, um, how we treat one another and how we love one another. And so, you know, back when I was in, I guess, grade school and things, my, a big show that was on TV was Growing Pains with Kirk Cameron. And, you know, um, and everybody watched Growing Pains. It was just what you, you know, we watch TV every night and everybody, but my dad would not let us watch Growing Pains. And, You know, I remember friends being like, what in the world? And the reason was because the siblings treated each other really poor. They're real snarky and um, sarcastic. And he didn't want us to learn how that behavior from them. So, you know, he let us watch everything else, A team and all this stuff. But growing pains was not allowed in our house. And I just remember at the time, you know, of course, being like, oh man, that's so silly. Now looking back, I see. He was planting seeds in us. He was trying to teach us something that he didn't, he didn't want us to go down a road, you know, and so he was helping us build strong roots um, within our relationship as brother and sister, but then it was going to transfer over. And similar with Mordecai and Esther, right? He, He spent time with her root system when he had her as a Jewish girl living in a foreign land. He spent time helping shape in her identity. So she could then now stand against this tide of the palace environment that she's in, you know, an alien in this self-focused world. Believe it or not, our kids, too, can live as aliens in a self-focused world and be relevant for the kingdom of God in such powerful ways.
1: Amen. That is so true. Uh, Missy, we're talking to a, you know, a a vast audience of listeners today, and we're talking to many parents or many grandparents. And uh, what would you say to those who their kids, you know, at whatever stage they're at right now, maybe even those who have a teenager or even a grown child, right? And their their child's root or their their kid's root is not strong. You're talking about roots that need to be established in, in our kids' lives. Um, what would you say to a parent who kind of is in this place where, their their child is not strongly rooted in who they are or um the truth that has been instilled in them like what Mm -hmm. would you what would you say to somebody who desperately wants to establish the root that is not um it's not happening in their home
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i think one um you are right where you're supposed to be and that's at the starting gate with the holy spirit right Mm -hmm. you it's right where he knows um you are so this isn't outside of God's realm. Know that he, he sees all and that the Holy Spirit is right there with you, ready to reveal what you need to see. Uh, so I would start with asking the Holy Spirit to show specific roots that still need to be planted, specific seeds that you need to help plant in order to develop those roots. And then ask him also to show you specific weeds uh, that need to be torn out weeds that are creating division in their hearts between god and between you and the family with them um and then walk in faith with the holy spirit asking him to to again give you specific seeds to help those roots get planted and then uh specifically what are the dangerous weeds that we need to be paying attention to um that the enemy is trying to choke out their faith with you know going back to the story of esther um haman was the weed in the story and um real quick just to remind us of the story Haman was uh very angry with Mordecai he he Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him and Haman was you know a high official in the palace so he felt disrespected and so Haman um set up a whole strategy to get rid of not only Mordecai but all of the Jewish people like Mordecai and um Mordecai, again, being a gatekeeper, keeping his his ear close to what is happening, uh, he got wind of this and he um, very directly communicated what he found out that Haman was intending to do. He directly communicated it to Esther, who again is now queen. I think that was so critical because going back, Mordecai was not afraid of his kid. And we might say, well, I'm not afraid of my kids, but when we think about it, Sometimes we are, sometimes we're afraid to say things to them thinking, oh, they're just gonna, I don't wanna lose my relationship with them or, right? But what we see here is Mordecai found out the truth and he communicated the truth to his kid, who's now the queen. So I think, you know, as we're looking for these specific weeds that are messing with the roots of our kids, don't be afraid. Once God reveals them to you, point them out to your kids, right? pray for them to trust your heart and your love um, maybe people are saying inappropriate things that and they're reading them and they just think it's okay you know let them know it's not okay that's inappropriate maybe your kids are playing video games that are watching movies that are giving them nightmares um you know that's not okay
0: you know from teaching kids for years as a kid's pastor I would see these uh, nice little kids that I knew were coming from, Christian homes where, and I, I don't say that lightly, where the value system was mm-hmm. consistent with the word of God. And then they get to that, um, late elementary school age right before middle school. And they start something, something is changing in them. They have seen or heard something and I'm watching them, uh, mm-hmm. I'm watching them share things for prayer requests of nightmares that they're having, mm-hmm. right. Or they're using some language that, it's not that they're cursing right they're not cursing that they're in the class but they're st- just sounding very inconsistent with what I've watched as they've been a little bit more in the bubble and one of the one of the things I've asked I asking them is if they've made any new friends mm. have they had any play dates at somebody else's house and so for parents when you see something changing in your kids there's an influence that has come somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and not that you keep kids from playing with other children. It's not mm-hmm. at all what I'm saying. But be don't be afraid to be that parent who asks other parents questions mm-hmm. about their value system of what movies mm-hmm. will be played in their house. And, mm-hmm. and and spend some time with the other parents to get a, a feeling of what conversation is acceptable in mm-hmm. their house. But it's subtle. Like you start seeing it in your kid yes. and don't write it off as, well, they're just becoming more independent. Somebody has planted a seed in there. And and very probably very nice people who mm-hmm. are just used to a different garden, you mm-hmm. know, in their house. But you don't be afraid to ask your kids those questions and yeah. start to get to know who has had
2: a say in their life besides you. That is so good. So, so true. You know, and it goes kind of back to where we started this conversation. It also it has to come from a place of strength in our own hearts too, in order to do that. Um, you know, as you're saying that it, it requires us as parents to again not fear, feel powerless. We have to know we have God on our side, we have the truth. And Mordecai, he spoke from a place of personal strength against this specific weed, Haman. You know, in chapter four, he clearly tells Esther that. This plot is forming against her people, and he's urging her to go to the king, beg for mercy. And Esther basically responds. So I'm going to paraphrase it by saying, "Well, it's really tricky. You know, it's hard to get an audience with the king, even though I'm the queen. And if I go, actually, I might be put to death." I mean that what a big what a big thing to
0: put in front of Esther's face. But it comes back to the roots. Her, yeah, Mordecai had taught her how to trust in standing up for what is right, but that was a big point for her. She's got to own her faith at this point, Uh right? Like Mordecai had poured all this truth into her, but now she's smack in front of a scary decision. And gosh, if I was Mordecai, I would have wanted to say, you know, kind of take her by the face and said, you need (laughs) to do this right. But he had to step back and let her own her faith. It's the same thing with our kids. You know, each of us too, we had to get there. You can be raised in a Christian home, but how many kids raised in church and Christian homes become adults who walk away Mm -hmm. because at that point they never
2: owned it for themselves. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and we can, we can understand and Esther's initial reaction was, you know, can I just kind of go along with this, you know, how it's happening, not make any waves kind of, you know, stay in this palace. Um, Esther wasn't even realizing, just like some of our young, you know, teens and things, they don't realizing that she's also going to be taken down by this powerful cultural force, right, in Haman, if she doesn't stand up and use her position that she's been placed in to turn the tide, um, you know, even though she feels safe sort of in the king's house right now, she would she would also suffer the consequences, so, you know, Mordecai wisely says in uh Verse 12 of chapter four, he says when Esther's, it says when Esther's words reported that Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you're in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. And Mordecai saying, hey, I have faith, we're gonna be delivered, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows? but that you have come to your real position for such a time as this. There's that line, right? That he's saying, Hey, Esther, I have faith. God's people are going to prevail. We're going to have a savior. But what I'm saying is you have purpose over your life. And I'm telling you, it is very possible you have been placed in this palace for such a time as this to be a key to your purpose and influencing. So, um, you know, He was calling her out, basically saying, wake up, wake up, girl, it's time. No matter our age, our kids have their time and their purpose.
1: It's so interesting because when we see her first response, uh, Esther was really acting like a typical teenager. You know, she was thinking about herself. You know, we could say she was self-consumed and she wasn't seeing the bigger picture and the effect of the actions that she would or would not do on the other people around her. But like Mordecai, when we're really looking at this from a parenting uh, standpoint, right, our goal is not to raise typical teenagers Mm -hmm. according to the world standards. You know, we want kingdom teenagers, right? Everyone, we almost just expect that our teenagers are going to be consumed with themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. because that's just what we say teenagers do, you know, consumed with their, their clothes, their hair, their social life, their reputation. But there's that, there's that place where we need to teach them to find freedom from all of these things that keep them bound and realize that uh, they can be a teenager that has Mm -hmm. been called to much more than Mm -hmm. this, than what the world offers with the typical teenager.
2: Right. And I think, again, as parents, we often, especially again, Christian parents, right? We feel like, well, how can we allow them to be? normal sort of in the world, but also different from the world, you know, and again, we're not asking our kids and our teenagers not to be teenagers and kids in this day and age. Instead, we're just telling them that they have assigned roles and positions right now to turn the tide for good, to bring God glory right now. Their life purpose does not start just when they're older. Um, It starts right now. So I think as parents, we certainly need to change our mindset that we don't need to constantly fear these strong forces, but see ourselves as empowered against them because we have Jesus who already died on the cross and gave us you know, the power, the Holy Spirit to fight against it, to go at it, to expose evil, to strategically pray against the weeds, to plant the seeds for the roots and to work it for good.
0: You know, Esther had this this empowerment that she had. I think it was more than just the position that she held. It was the history that she carried. Mm-hmm. It was the instruction that she had from Mordecai. Put mm. that together and she can walk boldly uh, before the throne, before the king, and, and step up into the calling that God had, had on her life. And boy, if we can get that message across to our kids, you have a position mm. to boldly walk Where God has called you to be, because when you walk and you stand up for what's right, um, the Holy Spirit's going to kick in and and tell you what to say and give you the courage that you need to go against culture. Mm -hmm. You you have been given a platform to speak up, and and our kids need to have that sense of empowerment that I don't have to be bullied by the enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember I need to remember who my daddy is. You know, the King of Kings, and I think. When our kids really grab hold of that, and honestly, the only way they get to grab hold of it is to be put in experiences where they need to stand up and see that God comes through and you're the cheerleader, right? You're not standing there with them. You're standing back and you're praying and you're supporting them and cheering them. Boy, to see a kid grasp that, that I have been positioned on this team or in this classroom or on this community group for such a time as this. The Holy Spirit will do amazing things through Mm. the lives of our kids.
2: Yes. I mean, that's where it gets so exciting, right? That's you can probably hear in our voices. It's so exciting when you grasp this to be parents for such a time as this. In the time that we're living, you know, we have been given the same green light and permission to go on the offensive for the sake of our kids through the blood of Jesus. You know, it is it is awesome to think about that. We have victory over the enemy, and that victory shouldn't just say, okay, we can just kind of sit around and let the enemy take what he wants to take from our kids and expose what wants to be exposed in their eyes and their ears. And all this work has to be undone, you know, but the culture is trying to infiltrate. You know, um, if you go back to chapter seven in Esther, the enemy what you see is Haman might have been gone so what happened was Haman was uh he was the one every the tables all turned and instead of Mordecai receiving the punishment that Haman was trying to give him Haman was the one that received Mm. it and he um was punished for what he was going to do but an edict had already been written right so the enemy who now even wasn't on the earth he still had the right over the Jewish people to destroy them because it had been written. And once it was signed, it couldn't be revoked. And it's kind of like Satan still being loose on the earth to torment humans. But this is where it's so exciting. There was a new edict that got signed because guess who stepped into Haman's position and took his place in the palace? Mordecai. Amen. Mordecai that watched you know, watchman, a gatekeeper, he stepped into the palace and he worked with his child now. And that's exactly what Jesus did for us. You know, he came to the earth, he entered the palace, which, you know, the culture that we're living in, and he turned the tables on the enemy. And now because of his death, his resurrection, we have full freedom and power to go and attack that enemy that is messing with our kids, right? We are not called to just sit around and let him attack our kids. Jesus is in the palace. He is on the throne, and he has turned the table. That's where we have freedom.
1: Hey, okay, I am having a hard time sitting still as I'm listening to you speak, and I just want to jump up and down, honestly, if I'm just going to be real, and, and shout amen, because this is good stuff, right? It all comes back to Jesus. It really does, yeah. and the power, the only way we can parent, parent effectively the way that the word has come Called us to parent is through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, and we only have that because of of Jesus, you know, breaking the power of sin and death, you know, over the world, over our lives. So, wow, that is that is really what it's all about. And I think that also gives uh, hope, Missy, to people who may be struggling in the area of parenting, who may be on the other side, and maybe their grown children aren't walking with the Lord. It gives us hope, right? Because regardless of the place that we're in he is on the throne, right He is the one that is in the palace and there is just good news for all of us in that place. in church um this week, uh the pastor said uh, and I hope I say this right, but um you were created for this time and this time was created for you. And you know he was referencing the fact that our country is in a hard time right now you know and we some of us we can worry about our kids but when we look at it that we were all created for this time and this time was created for us I mean, we need to be raising world changers yeah. right like you've spoken about in order to uh to keep sharing the good news of the gospel and standing strong for what the word says so as we wrap up today miss um you know people are listening. What would your, you know, there are so many amazing practical applications and takeaway that already been shared, but you know, just a final thought, what would you share as just a final thought um, as we close out today?
2: Well, I think like Esther, we want our kids to be godly risk takers. We want them to be the game changers, right? And not just for the fame and the glory Mm -hmm. and the attention for the kingdom of God, because that is eternal and that's, what's going to last. Um, We want our kids to own their identity and, you know, make alley decisions and to recognize their purpose today. They have purpose today, whether they're going to school, playing sports, whatever, they have purpose to be fulfilled today. You know, Esther said in verse 16 in chapter four, if I perish, I perish. And she was comfortable. I think a lot of our perishing is our reputations. You know, we um, fear the loss of our reputations due to pride or whatever. But what we pray in our kids is that they have the same type of boldness and with that boldness as kingdom seeking purpose-filled kids that they're going to find freedom. Um, but also like Mordecai, right? He was just as instrumental in changing the world. And I think as a parent, we need to see ourselves. We have purpose and it's to pour into ourselves and our own hearts and then our kids. Um, and their hearts and focus on that, you know, and the question is, are we willing to accept that assignment? You know, are we willing to be diligent watchmen who go and take back the heart of our kids for Christ for such a time as this Uh, in order to do that again, pray intercede and then be full of faith, have have the real loving conversations with our kids that need to be had.
0: This uh, this whole podcast makes me wish that we could take another hour and a half because yes, because I know Missy that you had to scale down a an important teaching a huge teaching to squeeze it into a podcast but I don't know about you guys but I feel like it leaves me longing for more. Amen. It really does. So maybe we need to pray that there's another platform (laughs) um, that's not limited by time that we would be able to hear the fuller teaching that that the Lord really downloaded an amazing Mm -hmm. application from his word into our lives today. And I know we're not putting you on a pedestal because we know you're human, but there are (laughs) a lot of families, a lot of moms and dads who have looked at you and Dan and wondered, how are you doing what you're doing? What's behind it? And I think this just gives a little piece, a little glimpse that it's not about you, mm, you know. Again. It's really not about <laughs> you. It's about what he's doing in you guys, and and through you. So I want to thank you, um, just for being that role model for so many. Praise God, you know. God. And and as someone who has experienced the blessing firsthand of your family, uh, both you and Dan as parents of kids that were in my classes, you know, all those years at church, and then your four kids who I just, I'm seeing them raised as leaders and, and, and world changers. They really yeah, are. Uh, exactly. You are not, you are not um, teaching stuff this morning or, or whenever you're listening, you know, you are not, you're making, not making this up and hoping it works. You have lived it. You are living it. And I know that you will continue to Amen. live it. So we just really want to thank you for being with us today. And we hope that we can, um, we can hear the fuller teaching in a different setting. That would be really wonderful. <laughs> Um, but Lauren, I want to thank you for joining us today on beyond the building podcast. I mean, as usual, we, we tell you, we, we seriously mean this. If there's ways that we can be praying for you, you can reach out by emailing us at beyond conference at gmail.com. And we would love to be able to link arms with you. Um, And support you in your own walk with the Lord and working on our own hearts. You know, where the place where we start is in all relationships is that vertical relationship with the Lord. So, thank you for joining us today on this uh, powerful teaching on parenting and being watchmen. And as we continue this month, we have more topics that I think will resonate with your heart Um, on this big overall umbrella called. Uh, relationships. So thank you for joining us today. God bless you. And we love you guys to the moon and back in the (laughs) old favorite parent um, book. (laughs) There you go.
1: Thanks for being a part. God bless you.
2: We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today.
0: Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember you were created for more.